This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's drive time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend. And we normally say from Progressive Field downtown Cleveland, most recently, spring training in Goodyear, Arizona, or different ballparks throughout baseball. But, boy, as the world has changed within the last week to 10 days, really picking things up in our world, the baseball world, most recently, but obviously going back a much further time than that. Things are a little bit different, and we will continue as long as we can to provide you with Tribe Talk each Saturday on the Indians radio network, but obviously it will take on a different tenor with no games, no season pending. Uh, They are Major League Baseball. They still very much hoping that there will be a regular season and postseason to be played here in 2020, but as you know, uh, wherever you may be, trying to ride this virus out, nobody really knows just how long things will last, how long the shutdowns continue, how long sports is not played, and when it does return in what form. So those are things that we'll try and keep you up to date on as we go along. Of course, for this week's show, no real updates to bring you in terms of when there may be baseball this summer. Coming up on this week's show, hopefully to get you through I uh, had a chance to catch up with Hammy, my broadcast partner, Tom Hamilton, the voice of the tribe, and a fun conversation with Hammy uh, in a lot of ways, also serious in, in some ways, too, about work stoppages and how this one is different, but looking back at some of the others that he's been a part of in his 31-year career, this would have been season number 31 for Hammy, and we'll see. Maybe it may yet be, but at least it's on hold for right now. But when we return, we'll come back with News of the Week. On Thursday, Indians president of baseball operations, Chris Antonetti, met with the Cleveland media and talked about a wide variety of subjects. And we'll hear that in its entirety when we return after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. 
Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from home this week as uh, we join you as everyone else is at home trying to keep the social distancing in mind as we try and get through the coronavirus and get back to normalcy. Nobody knows when that's going to be, but hopefully at some time down the road we can get back to some sort of sense of normalcy and baseball and uh, some fun things to talk about in that regard. Now, earlier this week, Chris Antonetti, Indians president of baseball operations, and Mike Chernoff, too, the Indians general manager, they uh, did a conference call with all members of the Cleveland print media as well as electronic media to talk about where things stand in terms of the Indians and Major League Baseball. And while they did talk a lot of baseball-specific subjects, uh, Chris wanted to point out that uh, right now this is much bigger than that and that we are all in this together. Well, first and foremost, I hope everybody on the call is um, is doing well and finding a way to uh, stay healthy as best as possible. Um, I would encourage anyone, uh, for those especially in the Cleveland community, if there are things that we could be doing to help support you and your families, uh, let us know. Um, we this is, we're, we're all in this together, and we'll try to do our best to come together to see our way through the other end of it. Obviously, it's a really uncertain time, and um, I think we want to try to lean on each other to get through. So I genuinely mean that. If there are things we can do as an organization to be supporting anyone on the call, um, please don't hesitate to reach out to BART, um, and then we will try to do our best to help in any way we can. Um, so I'll start with uh, maybe just a couple of updates and then be happy to answer any questions. I think uh, obviously a lot's happened in a little over a week. Um, it's hard to believe that you know a little over a week ago, the biggest thing we were thinking about is whether or not um, spring training games were going to get played and rain in, in uh, Arizona. Um, so literally each day has brought a new, t- new challenge. I think we have tried to operate as an organization with a guiding principle that we will continue to prioritize the health, safety, and well-being of our players, our staff, and our um, and the rest of our employees. And so every decision we've made in that time has been with that as our guiding principle. And the situation each day, literally or hour by hour initially, was changing. And so we had to constantly adapt. Um, our biggest priority, again, with, with that guiding principle in mind, was trying to ensure we were getting people um, back to their families, connecting uh, with the people that they wanted to be with for an extended period of time, and then maintaining the best hygiene practices we could at our facilities, as well as employing the um, social distancing guidelines that were continuing to evolve. So... Over a week ago, we had 350-plus people in our Goodyear complex, another 100 in the Dominican, um, 200 more in Cleveland. Um, we tried to very quickly um, disperse those groups as, as best and as safely as we possibly could to, again, um, follow the best guidelines we were getting from infectious disease specialists. So as of today, 
the Cleveland office is closed, as in most other businesses. That's been in place for um, about a week. And then our Goodyear complex has been hosting a handful of players, primarily those that were on or were finishing off rehabilitation assignments and players that live in the Phoenix area. Uh, as of tomorrow, Friday the 20th, our Goodyear complex will be closed and we will no longer have uh, operations out of there or we will suspend operations out of Goodyear um, for the time being. Um, and all, almost all of our players have now returned home or to wherever they preferred to be um, for the next few weeks and, and potentially a few months. So I think that's most of the updates I had. I'd be happy to answer um, any specific questions anyone has as best I can. Obviously, like a lot of us, some of those answers may be, I don't know, or we're not sure yet, just because of how things uh, continue to evolve and how quickly they evolve, as well as um, all of the time we've been spending to date has been trying to make sure we're getting uh, our players, our staff in the best place possible moving forward. Hey, Chris, it's Tom. Thanks for your time. Um, just just curious, has, has anybody um, within the organization, players, et cetera, um, tested positive? And then secondly, are you guys kind of doing a, a daily roll call just to check in on people? So with respect to your first question, Tom, not to my knowledge, we do not have a we do not have any staff members, players uh, that have tested positive. Uh, on the second question, yes, one of the big priorities for us has been to stay in continual contact with our players and our staff throughout the organization. And we have been doing that over the course of the last week uh, through a variety of um, mediums, phone calls, text messaging, email, and some other platforms we have available to us to stay in regular contact with our group. Are you encouraging guys to keep working out, Chris? And are you guys, you know, are you um, modifying any schedules for them in terms of just, you know, trying to stay fit? Obviously, you know, health is, is of importance here, but in terms of baseball workouts. Yeah, Tom, I think, again, our, our primary focus right now is on the health and well-being of our players, their families, and the communities in which they live. So we are strongly recommending all of our players, all of our staff members to adhere to the social distancing guidelines and best practices uh, that health organizations are providing. And if at this point that means baseball workouts are secondary, then, then they're secondary at this point. And so we've encouraged our guys to do as much as they can um, while adhering to those guidelines. So that's a lot of individual workouts, you know, in their home, going for runs outside, taking advantage of the space that they have to, to stay in the best shape possible. But most importantly, adhering to the, the, uh, the guidelines from the health experts. Chris, it's Zach. Did, did the, uh, the housing complex that you guys opened across the street in Goodyear, is that, will that continue to house players or is that part of the operations that are being suspended? No, there are players currently there. Um, we again are we've enhanced our hygiene, our hygiene there. We've reduced the number of players. Now each player is living um, in a single room as opposed to sharing rooms. Um, meals are being dropped off. Box meals are being dropped off at the complex to try to minimize the amount of time those players are uh, out uh, out from the complex and um, traveling to other places. But yes, there's a group of players that will remain there for at least the foreseeable future. Chris, what what's the status of the draft? 
do not know, Paul. Um, obviously, there's a lot that's fluid right now. Uh, those conversations are ongoing at Major League Baseball, and ultimately they'll provide us some direction on what adjustments to the schedule there will be um, on a variety of different events, the draft being just one of those. Are you guys – has the roster been frozen, or are you guys still – can you operate, you know, as normal business-wise, options and that kind of stuff? The rosters have not been frozen. Chris and Mike, I'm not sure if one of you could answer this question. Obviously, the season is nowhere near starting. Uh, whether it's a month, two months, three months from now, how long do you anticipate a ramp-up period would be needed for players before you could actually start playing regular season games? It's a really hard question. Um, a lot of it will depend upon how much time we're off and what types of activities that our players are able to do um, preceding um, the start of games. But at a minimum, we would be hopeful that we could have at least a few weeks, two to three weeks. Um, but again, there's so much uncertainty that that's, that's hard to assess with any accuracy. Chris, when it, it comes to the, the players that are rehabbing, like you mentioned, what, was it just a matter of getting them to a point where they could go home and continue the rehab, and that's why the, the Goodyear Complex has re remained open until tomorrow? <clears throat> yes. I think, again, we wanted to make sure we were doing everything we could to, to maintain the health and wellness of our players and our staff. And if we could operate, you know, we chose to operate the Goodyear Complex with a significantly reduced footprint um, and still follow those uh, best practices. But at this point, um, the guidance we're getting from health experts is that the best decision would be just to um, stop that activity altogether, and that's what we'll do. Hey, Chris, sorry if you went over this earlier, but when, when you said that um, you encourage guys to go home, have can you give me a percentage of guys that have gone home home, or are there still some out in, in Arizona? There are a handful of players that live in Arizona that are out there, and there's another group of players who chose to stay in Arizona because that they felt that was the best place for themselves and or their families to remain. Gotcha. But I would say the vast majority of our players and staff have returned to their home cities. I don't have the exact percentage of time. Chris, uh, did any players, like the rehab guys like Clevenger or Carrasco, did they come back to Cleveland to continue their rehab? Uh, Carlos Carrasco has, will be back in Cleveland. Um, Mike Clevenger returned home. Chris, it was reported yesterday that you got uh, the Indians are one of the teams paying their uh, minor leaguers. What went into that decision? I think one of the things we want to make sure we continue to do as an organization is support our players and staff as best as we possibly could. Um, with respect to our minor league guys, we recognize the hardship that this could uh, impose upon them, and so we wanted to make sure we did our part to try to help them uh, as best as we possibly could, especially in the transition back home. Uh, are you worried about any, you know, having trouble getting your players out of, you know, different countries that, to come back into the States once, you know, you guys figure out what's, uh, you know, when when the season might start? Well, there's uncertainty over so many things. I think right now we are trying to make decisions that are consistent with what's best for our players and staff, and that's our that's our priority. We know we're going to have to deal with a bunch of logistical things at some point in the future. And when we get more a better understanding of what that future might be and when we'll start playing games again, we'll put the best plan in place at that point in time to help our players prepare and, 
and get them all back together. But at this point, I couldn't give you any idea of what that might be or when that might be. Are there any baseball activity or any anything that guys in the front office, I don't know, either in the scouting department or baseball operations, is there anything that they can do to continue their jobs just since this was interrupted and obviously there isn't scouting going on right now and it's not like you have to make roster decisions or anything? Like what are obviously health the most important thing, but what are what are other front office people doing during this time to stay productive? Well, that's what we've started to work through here over the last uh, 24 to 48 hours. Once we got through or started to work through the just massive logistical issues of getting everybody where they needed to be. But we do believe there will be plenty of opportunities for our staff members to continue to contribute, continue to contribute to the organization, things we're doing, uh, as well as our own development. And we're in the process of working through what that structure will be. I was just going to say, just to jump in and add to that, it has really been amazing to see people throughout our organization jump in and just try to help wherever they can. So as we're dealing with all those logistical things, we've had tremendous support from people throughout the organization, um, both on the urgent immediate issues, but also on trying to figure out um, as we transition to just having remote work, what that can look like and how we can remain productive. Has the Dominican uh, Academy been closed? No, we have, but we have greatly reduced the footprint for the number with the number of people that are there. So um, we've changed protocols there. We've increased hygiene. Players and staff that are choosing to stay at the academy um, can stay there, um, but they can't leave and come back. Okay. Again, thank you, everybody, and most importantly, stay healthy. And if there's anything we can do to help out anyone, let us know. There's Indians president of baseball operations and uh, Chris Antonetti, and also. General Manager Mike Chernoff talking about uh, the events of the week and where things stand as of Thursday for the Cleveland Indians and the rest of Major League Baseball. Hope you can stay tuned. When we return, we'll hear from the voice of the tribe, my broadcast partner, Tom Hamilton. We'll talk some baseball when we return after this on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from home as we join you in a social distancing mode as uh, just about everybody else is. But I had a chance to catch up with Tom Hamilton, my broadcast partner. Hammy stopping by to join the show and uh, always great to talk baseball with Tom. That's what we do. Uh, 162 nights a year during the regular season and uh, a ton more in spring training too. And just haven't been able to do that now for a couple of weeks as our last game was the 7th of March that we did together when the Indians played the Cubs back in spring training. So it's been a little bit and it's going to be a, a lot longer as we go along here as Major League Baseball saying eight weeks at the very least. And as you can probably figure with each of the daily updates, it just seems to get pushed further and further back. But uh, ask Tom how he's doing, what he's been up to in the last couple of weeks. Well, Rosie, I think we're all in the same boat. You know, you're just uh, 
grateful to be healthy and uh, to be with family. And that's the only thing that matters right now. And, you know, there's so many other people out there on the front lines that are dealing with this, be it first responders or all of our medical people that uh, pretty easy for the rest of us to just sit back and be grateful for whatever we have. And at some point along the way here, we'll, we'll talk uh, just a, a little bit of baseball because uh, who gives fans, if, if they want to listen to something different, at least give them, give them that option. But just looking back on, on, on our world the last couple of weeks, uh, the last game we did was a couple of Saturdays back. And I remember a beautiful afternoon in Goodyear against the Cubs, nice crowd on hand. And uh, th- there were things happening in the world, certainly, and, and in the sports world that, that would indicate that some changes were coming. But when you left the ballpark that day, could you have had any indication that that might be the, yeah. the last time we were going to be doing much? No, I don't think any of us did. I, I, I don't know why, Jim, but the whole spring just seemed, I don't know what the, the right word would be or the right phrase, uh, but it just seemed different from past spring trainings. And I don't know if it's because we started camp so early because of the season starting, you know, on March 26th to avoid the presidential election. Um, that, that had us playing games, you know, the third week in February, which usually never happens. And so many of those games, because it was so early, featured mostly minor league players. So, you know, you never got a sense of what your club really looked like throughout much of spring because you still really weren't at a point where you were seeing the everyday players or the lineup that you thought you might see come opening day. And so it just, uh, it was just a different vibe. It seemed like all spring. And then you couple that with what seemingly was a plethora of injuries to key guys for the Indians, especially pitching. And, uh, you know, it, uh, it was bizarre. I don't know if even bizarre is the right word, but it, it just seemed different from past springs. When you look ahead a couple of days after that that uh, game against the Cubs, there was an off day, and uh, then we were supposed to play the Royals and, and have it be a radio game on, on the 11th, which would have been the Wednesday that, that the NBA shut down. Uh, but they hadn't yet, and, and we were waiting out a rain delay, just kind of chewing the fat with the Royals radio guys, Ryan Lefevre and, and Mike Swanson, their, their longtime PR guy, was in the booth. And, you know, there were still some more things happening, but, um, gosh, it still seemed like spring training would continue. I, I don't know. I don't know if you were feeling the same way, too. Kind of felt like once, um, and maybe that was the sign, the fact that we had an off day followed by back-to-back rainouts. Uh, it never rains in Arizona that time of the year, much less have back-to-back games that were rained out. I guess that was an omen. Once the NBA shut down, you know, it just seemed inevitable. I know, you know, if you go back in time, you know, people are sitting around going, well, if the NBA shut down, well, that involves spring training. And then, you know, what about March Madness? Well, I think everyone now, you look back at it now, and it was pretty obvious, maybe not at the time, but, once the NBA shut down the way they did, it was inevitable that everything else would shut down, and uh, that included baseball because, really, of all the sports, nobody has more players together at one time than what you have during a spring training camp. And then you add all of the minor leaguers who they're in the same building. They're just down the hallway. So 
that's an awful lot of people uh, that are together that are exposed to those risks at the same time. So uh, to me, the, the writing was on the wall once the NBA shut down and they had their first coronavirus victim. You knew it was only a matter of time that, you know, sports is just a microcosm of the real world. And, you know, that was inevitable. The voice of the Indians, Tom Hamilton, joining us. And you mentioned 9-11, and, and over the course of, of your career with the Indians, there have been some times where seasons haven't started on times or, or there have been labor stoppages. And wasn't it one of your first years that, or maybe the first year that, that spring training was a little bit different because yeah. of a completely different reason? Yeah, my first year was 1990, and there was a strike. And that impacted the start of spring training. It ended up being a very condensed spring training. Um, we missed the start of the regular season. We were about a week late in getting started after a, a much shorter spring training. And then you had to make up those games throughout the year. I know we traveled three different off days to New York uh, to play three games that were supposed to start the regular season. And that's the way teams were doing it all year long, making up those games uh, to try to get to a complete schedule. So that was obviously due to labor unrest. And uh, again, you know, now we have a stoppage. And ironically, you know, you're you're talking about more labor unrest. But I think we saw with the NFL that, you know, once this virus became a reality here in this country, how quickly the NFL players and management got together on an extended contract agreement and Hopefully that'll be the same in baseball. Once we get back to normalcy and our lives get back to the way they once were, uh, you sure hope that that happens too with management, the Players Association, that we're not dealing with something in another year from now uh, in that regard. When we return, we'll have more with Tom Hamilton talking about the strike of 1994 that ended that season, wiped out the World Series and replacement players the following spring. You don't want to miss that, so stay with us. We'll have more after this. Welcome back to Sports View. Next topic, is it really all about power? Makes me think of Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Gives you the power to find options based on your budget. Let's go to Chuck for an irrelevant analogy. Man, back in the day, people didn't ask how many oranges are in the crate. They just took the oranges. They didn't say, are there 6, 7, 12, 15, whatever. It was just oranges. You get me? We get you, Chuck. In a word, oranges. Give it to us straight with the Progressive Name Your Price tool. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend. We're joined by Tom Hamilton. As uh, we fill in the gaps while we await the potential return of sports as we know it, certainly Major League Baseball, specifically in the Cleveland Indians, but we're going back over Tom's career at the various work stoppages that have taken place. None like this, none like the coronavirus, but back in 1994, a season ended in August due to a labor situation. And as Tom said, uh, nobody really thought it would wipe out the entire rest of the season, including the World Series. Yeah, I think that was the, the thought, Rosie, is everyone thought, okay, you know, it's August. Um, this thing has got to get taken care of. Now, I think that's why the 
the strike came when it did because nobody thought what would happen would happen. And that is that season would be canceled and we wouldn't have a World Series. And that's why those games leading up to the 94 stoppage were so critical. I'm trying to think back. It was either six or seven games that they played against the White Sox in about a week and a half. And they were a series in each park. And at that time, the Indians were closing hard on the White Sox. And you you played those games like they were the playoffs because everybody felt like, hey, look, there may be a stoppage here. And when they resume play, they may simply go right to the playoffs if it's a long strike. And you want to be one of those teams on the inside, not on the outside looking in. And so those games with the White Sox had the intensity of playoff games and the Indians cut into the White Sox margin and were close to catching Chicago and would have been in the playoffs had the playoffs taken place. And again, nobody thought at that point that we wouldn't play anymore in 94. And, you know, that was the opening year of Jacobs Field. It was the first time that the Indians literally in 40 years uh, were knocking on the door of a playoff spot. And so people here in Cleveland, and that included the ball club, couldn't wait for the season to resume, which, of course, it never did. So you go from that, and then the next spring it's replacement players. Did you have to broadcast games with replacement players in spring? Oh, Oh, yes, we did. (laughs) How did you do that? (laughs) Well, you had some interesting stories. You know, here's Joe at the plate. He's hitting cleanup. A week ago, he was a butcher. And uh, you had a lot of those stories where you had the everyday common Joe off the streets whose baseball dreams had died years ago, suddenly getting a chance, you know, to play in a major league spring training game. And uh, the quality of the games was awful. And, uh, but, you know, that's, uh, that's what we were going to broadcast. So, you know, there wasn't really any case where you looked at it and said, well, this team's better than that team. I don't think anybody had any idea. And you kept thinking, this has got to end. Nobody's going to come and watch these guys play. And then we broke camp. And that's when we were back in Winter Haven. And that was year two of Jacobs Field. And so we were playing exhibition games at that time at Jacobs Field because those games would sell out. Or if they didn't sell out, you'd have 30,000 plus for an exhibition game. And um, I believe we played the Pittsburgh Pirates in that exhibition game with replacement players on both sides. And soon after that game, the strike ended. And, uh, you know, everybody joked that, you know, when we left Winter Haven, all of those players, you know, were able to fly back on a great commercial jet. And then after they played that game and the strike ended, all of those guys were sent packing on the back of a flatbed truck. Um, So the reality was that, their dream was over and that we were going to go back to winter Haven and have the real players. And again, I think we here in Cleveland were really isolated from the bitterness of the strike. Yeah. People were unhappy here, but people knew how good this club was going to be. And they just couldn't wait to see Indians baseball again and see it in that ballpark. 
And this was kind of like the exception to everybody else in Major League Baseball. Uh, we never really skipped a beat as far as the fans coming back to the games here in Cleveland. We went to spring training. And, you know, the biggest thing the Indians were trying to find in that abbreviated spring down in Winter Haven was who was going to be our closer. And with about a week to 10 days to go in camp, Jose Mesa, who had been a starter in the Indians rotation for several years, they, they just gave him an opportunity in spring training to see what he might be able to do. And well, the rest was history. I, I don't remember the number offhand, but he didn't have a blown save that year until sometime in August. And uh, he was a key part in what was an incredible 1995 campaign. So did you go back down to Winter Haven when, when oh, the real yeah. players came back? Oh, you can't get enough of Winter Haven in the spring. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we we were back in Winter Haven. And uh, one good thing about Winter Haven, you didn't have to worry about finding housing or hotels. Hammy's joining us, and uh, we're talking about some of the work stoppages as, as we're in one now because of uh, the pandemic and the coronavirus. And, and uh, Tom, earlier you, you talked about 9-11 and, and – that may be a little more similar in the fact that it was a, a national emergency. Uh, gosh, you're out on the road when it happens. And what was that, that morning like when, when you started to realize and how did you start to realize that things were really going sideways in our country? Well, um, we had gotten into Kansas city very late in the morning. I I'm, I, you know, offhand, I couldn't tell you the exact time, but it was one of those, like like we all do during the regular season. You got to your room at 4 o'clock in the morning or whatever um, because we were on a road trip and had played a night game the night before and, and got into Kansas City awfully late. And uh, so I actually, and you know, you got to remember, too, um, not many people had cell phones at that time. And, um, I'd actually taken the phone off the hook in my hotel room because, um, just wanted to get some sleep. And, uh, suddenly there was a knocking on my door that awakened me. And, and, uh, it was somebody from the hotel because my wife was frantically trying to get a hold of me. I had no idea that nine 11 had occurred. And, you know, that's the one time you regret taking the phone off the hook. And, uh, you know, it was whatever time it was, nine in the morning or whatnot. And, um, you know, you turn television on and it was surreal to say the least. And, you know, then the, the reality is, you know, at that point, as I think we all remember, you don't know if the country is under attack. You don't know what is going to happen next. And um, you, you can't compare what you're dealing with today as compared to 9-11, the only comparison, I think, is the fear of the unknown and, you know, not knowing what's around the bend. And that was certainly the case with 9-11. And, you know, like the rest of the country, you were then glued to your television set looking at those images that none of us will forget. And then you just kind of were in a holding pattern there in Kansas City because, you know, at that point, no, no decision had been made to cancel games or what are we going to do? And again, you're dealing with an issue that, that nobody's prepared for. There isn't a script for it. And uh, so eventually baseball canceled games for that day. And 
then as we know, baseball was put on a hiatus for some time and all of the airports were then shut down in the country. And uh, eventually, I believe it was day three that we were in Kansas City. Um, you know, Mike Seggy and the Indians uh, decided at that time, you know, it, people wanted to get back to their families. And you didn't know how long the airports were going to be shut down. And, and so SEG's got a number of buses to take everybody back. And, you know, I, I can't even remember what it was, Rosie, probably about a 16-hour bus trip from Kansas City back to Cleveland. And uh, you at least got home to your loved ones. Well, Hammy, it's always fun to, to get your perspective on things, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to, to call games again at some point this <laughs> summer. I know, I mean, I hate to even laugh about it, but it just seems, you're right, each day passing, it, you hear more and more information, and you just don't know, but uh, hopefully at some point this summer we'll be back at it. Sounds great, Rosie. Always great catching up with you. As always, we thank Tom for his time, and I know that he's going through it like you folks are. I want to see some baseball at some point, but trying to uh, stay calm and and stay the course here and and ride this thing out and hopefully it's not as long as everyone uh, seems to think it will be as uh, we get deeper and deeper into it here in uh, the month of March. Well, we'll have another show for you next week. We'll come up with something good for you, try and take your mind off of the the day-to-day of battling the coronavirus. Until then, thanks to Anthony Alford for his help in putting together this week's show. I'm Jim Rosenhouse. You're listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance.